Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Genesis of Startups, where we interview brilliant minds in entrepreneurship to explore what it's really like to start a business. Our guest today is Anna Fitzgerald. Anna comes from a family of entrepreneurs. One grandfather invented dry cat food, and the other founded a taxi and truck hire business. Her uncle developed the hepatitis B vaccine. Her father was an entrepreneur. Her husband is a serial entrepreneur, and she herself has founded a multi-award winning digital marketing agency. Anna has spent her career working in both big and small businesses, from BT, The Seven Network, and Nine MSN, to a range of small startups in multiple industries, helping them find ways to use technology to do things better. More recently, Anna spent five years at FinTech Prosper, initially in marketing, then helping Prosper scale in Australia and go to market in New Zealand. Welcome to the show, Anna. Thanks, William. It's really good to be here. So, could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing? Sure. So, most recently, as you said, I've been at Prosper um, and I built, as well as the initial work I did in marketing, I built a corporate affairs function there with a focus on media and investor relations and driving Prosper's government, public policy, corporate social responsibility and regulatory agenda. Um, I chaired the Corporate Affairs Advisory Group and the Working Capital Division Group at the Australian Finance Industry Association. I've been heavily involved with FinTech Australia since it was founded, particularly with policy submissions around business lending, the consumer data right and open banking, which I'm really excited about. I also, in that time, led the Online Lenders Code of Lending Practice Development with AFIA, and I advocated for fintech access to the federal government's various coronavirus support programs. And and one of my big, I think one of my big successes is I worked on both of Prosper's IPO, both the first one. Essentially, we had a successful IPO, but we didn't list, and then the second IPO where we did list. So I'm currently mentoring for the Genesis program and, you know, thinking about what my next opportunities will be. That's very interesting. So your career, Anna, has very much revolved around marketing and finance and everything in between. What attracted you to them? I really, I'm really good at problem solving. And one of my skills is being able to to look at the big picture and work out the best ways for businesses and individuals to be able to contribute and I have good communication skills but one of my real strengths is storytelling so from a marketing perspective it makes perfect sense to want to be involved you know with with storytelling and communicating and and then in terms of technology I've always been absolutely driven by wanting to find a better way to do things and technology is really an enabler for that so that's that's I guess why I'm working in the space that I am but fintech and finance that that's all about democratizing the ability to create wealth and that's something I'm really really passionate about purpose-led businesses and so fintech was just a really natural fit for me because it brought all those things that I'm passionate about together. So Anna, one of the biggest advice that you would give to future entrepreneurs, as you mentioned, was this idea of effective leadership. Could you tell us more about that? Yeah, look, I'd be glad to. If I had to give one piece of advice to future entrepreneurs, it really would be starting with your values. It's like developing a clear guiding philosophy for your business. 
in the same way that you do for your life and one that's not defined by making money because I think if you define success by making money, you'll always lose. And entrepreneurial success shouldn't primarily be about what you do but about who you are. And I think a great company reflects the values of its leaders. You you can't really live values you can't name. So you have to be precise and clear in your own mind about what your values are. And they shouldn't feel like a choice, but a definition of, of who you are. And they should be values that you can continue to hold even when it's costly or difficult. So they should be timeless. And then and then when you're if you really want to be an effective leader, you take those values and you translate them into behaviors. What I mean by that is how would you show up in demonstrating those values and, and how do you want the people who work for you to show up? And and that's called operationalizing your values by some people and it and it really helps you to be an effective leader. So I'll give you an example. I mean, if one of your personal values would was excellence, then what that operationalize would look like would be delivering great products on time that solve real problems for your customers. Or, or if your value was teamwork, that could be translated into being sort of bold, open and real in your feedback conversations, speaking with respect, showing up on time to meetings, promoting diversity and inclusion and so on. So so my advice would be make your decisions based on your values rather than maximizing growth and income. I get your point. So this idea of effective leadership is really born out of ensuring that you have your value structure in place. And when you have your value structure in place, it feeds into the type of behaviors you should exhibit on a day-to-day basis. So one of the examples you mentioned was excellence and delivering great products. And so one feeds into the other. Mm, that's exactly right. And values aren't soft stuff either. They're, they're incredibly hard. I mean, when my kids were small, my mother taught me this really, really valuable lesson, which was not to make promises I couldn't keep. And it was such great, great advice. But, but keeping promises is so incredibly difficult. It's all about being incredibly authentic and acting with integrity and I'm now I'm and always have been very careful about what I commit to and I struggle with living up to my values all the time but my but my family provides feedback when I don't which really helps me course correct but I mean it's a side note but it might resonate resonate with some of your listeners I think parenting is you know effective parenting is the same as effective leadership and in the same way, you you know, we're talking about values. You start your family by agreeing with your partner what your your clear set of values are, and and then you live them. You demonstrate them to your kids because they learn from example. You try and be consistent. You don't make promises you, you can't keep, and you build great relationships with your kids and and put them ahead of every other decision. And that is that is what an effective leader does in a business environment as well. And then to extend the analogy even a little bit further, I mean, I've been a state cup winning basketball coach and coaching sport is really similar. I've had teams that I've coached undefeated seasons and, and as I said, win trophies. And I've coached teams that have won, you know, very few of their games in a season. But every team, you've got to make sure they have fun and they learn some valuable life skills along the way, you know, like how to work with others, respect their opponents, whether they're winning or losing. Practice makes you better, deliver on your commitments, acknowledge support from your teammates. 
you put your best effort in no matter what. And when you're the coach, you have to demonstrate all of those qualities because otherwise the team that you're coaching aren't going to, you know, they're not going to follow your example. So so it, I guess it goes back to your question that my piece of advice is really think really long and hard about what your, your own personal values are and develop a clear guiding philosophy for your business that matches those values and just be careful how you define success because it's it's not always winning or money. It's about meaningful relationships, loving what you do, um, hoping other people's lives will be better because of you. And that's me with my passion for purpose-led businesses. And I think if you do all of those things, you will be an effective leader and that will contribute greatly to the success of your business. Yeah, absolutely. And I love what you said about entrepreneurial success should be defined by who you are rather than the material what. I mean, I like I said before, I think that if you define your success by money, you'll always end up losing. You'll make Definitely. decisions for the wrong reasons and your team will know that you're not being authentic and that will really impact on your ability to be an effective leader. Definitely. Could you tell me more about developing values and how that will coincide with leadership behaviors. I I guess to give a bit of context, the way that I'm seeing this is that values can be highly subjective. My values could be different to the next person and that could be radically different to the next person after that. Whereas, do you think that leadership Mm. is objective in a sense that there are some behaviors or characteristics that should always be there, like humble leadership? But what if someone's values don't necessarily see that as something that should be desired, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think what you're saying is that there's there's sort of characteristics that are unique to, to some people that are different maybe from or that distinguish them from leaders in a general sense and whether those are right or wrong yeah. or whether they're more likely to make them effective leaders. I mean, for me, effective business leadership requires a combination of function and style. And I think Jim Collins talks about this in his book, Beyond Entrepreneurship. And the function part of leadership is that you have to have, or you need to develop and articulate a really clear, compelling vision that's shared by the team and acted upon. But the style of leadership is unique to each individual leader. And and there's many styles that can carry out the function of leadership. So it's kind of a paradox. and, And so... I think there are some generic qualities that an effective business leadership style requires and then you need to integrate what's unique to you, which are your individual personality characteristics. So this idea is that effective leadership has two components where one is the generic characteristics that all leaders ideally should have, such as the ability to articulate a compelling vision, whereas the uniqueness comes in with each person in a sense that they should try to fit their leadership style to who they are, because if they try to be someone that they're not, or try to convey a different style, it may come across as insincere. Is that what you're trying to say? Yeah, absolutely. So so you need to be able to, so it's function and style, you need to be able to clearly articulate your vision for the business. And then there's these generic qualities that everybody who is an effective leader 
should have or, or, or seems to have and to, to some greater or larger degree. And then there's your unique personality characteristics. And I think the generic qualities that an entrepreneur leader needs to have, things like authenticity, decisiveness, focus, relentless drive to move forward, hard and soft people skills, and they need to be good communicators. So let's talk about a couple of those just to give you an example. Um, Authenticity, it's a really important one for me. And it's about going back to values. It's about whether you're living the values of the company that you've established. You know, you need to do that consistently. You need to do that with conviction. You need to you need to be passionate, show your emotions if that's appropriate, but but be the best role model. I mean, people are going to be hugely influenced by you. So you have to walk the talk. You have to back your words with actions, keep your promises. Um, and no one's perfect, but that there's a huge difference between, you know, rhetoric and insincerity and then someone who might make a slip up, but there's, they're prepared to acknowledge it and, and improve. So... I mean, it's it's worth bearing in mind that, you know, leaders need followers and people always have a choice not to follow you. So entrepreneurial leadership is really about being able to persuade smart, talented people to leave the comfort and security of their known world and potentially a great job and a great salary and follow you and as you embark on your risky mission to, to build what could be an amazing success. But then again, it, it, it may not be. So I'll, I'll talk about another Another one of those skills that I think or characteristics that I think great leaders need to or effective leaders need to have, and that's the ever forward one or having momentum. I mean, great business leaders, to me, need a really high energy level. You just can't afford to become complacent. You have to work. I mean, everyone knows this. You have to work really hard. You have to try and improve and and get better every day. You need to be really optimistic and have tenacity, you know, keep your energy up, show that you are resolute and that you have the conviction that the people who are following you can achieve your goals with you, you know, focusing on the positive. And and, and so you as a leader have to be able to help the, the people in your team see what success looks like and that you are confident that they're going to be able to get there. I actually, I think I'm General Eisenhower's um, a favourite of mine. I actually saw him speak a very long time ago in Sydney, and he said leadership is the art of getting people to want to do what must be done. And I think that's you know that sums it up for me. You can't just have power and wield it. You have to be persuasive, and that means discovering and cultivating your own elements of your style. I mean, there's no one right or perfect set of gifts, as we talked about before, and everybody will be different. But just if you can get those core qualities and then just cultivate what it is that makes you a unique leader and, and lean into that, I think that that's a really important part of being an effective leader. Hmm. Interesting. So do you believe that everybody could be a leader? I do. So I know one of the things we've talked about is, you know, nature versus nurture and and whether you know great leaders are born or whether they're made. Yeah. Um, I think there's a lot of research that talks about how important nature is and even some of our behavioural characteristics can be influenced by our genetics. But I think a lot of it, a lot of the skills that you need, you are able to learn. And I think 
if you're the founder or the CEO and your style is going to set the tone for the entire company and you understand that you affect the behaviour of your people, I mean, if you're ineffective or negative, you act like an anchor, then then the onus is on you to really seek the feedback that you need to help you become a more effective leader. So asking whether you are effective or not, and then if you're not, asking where you can improve. And this is where I I would add a qualifier to everyone can become a great leader. I think being a great leader requires vulnerability and the willingness to admit you need help, which not everybody can do. Hmm. And, And it requires courage because what you're doing is you're choosing being uncomfortable over being comfortable. And you're choosing to sort of let your guard down and open up your mind and your heart, deactivate your defences, and and that is really hard. So I guess my answer is I think everyone has the potential to be an effective leader, but if you don't have courage, I think it will be very difficult because you're not going to be able to admit you need help and you're not going to be able to get the help you need to improve. Hmm. So if I'm hearing you right, the idea is everyone can be a leader, but it's just a function of whether or not they're willing to learn to be that effective leader when they may not have all the skills necessary to be an effective leader, but they need the vulnerability um, to admit they're wrong, and they need the humility to be able to learn from others. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. Is it possible just to hire away people that can compensate for a lack of certain leadership qualities so for example if someone just can't stand in front of a crowd and get incredibly nervous and they just hire someone to be able to communicate that vision in front of everyone well that's an interesting example of how it might actually be useful for some people to have a co-founder who could lead alongside them So at at Prosper, we have two co-founders and and they acted as joint CEOs for a long time. And between them, they were absolutely the perfect example of an effective leader. And they had very different strengths and weaknesses and they completely compensated for each other. What Greg didn't really like public speaking. He's a visionary and he has amazing perspectives on different things, but he just didn't enjoy getting up in front of a big crowd of people. And Bo Batoli was the exact opposite. He really leaned into the ability to communicate and to motivate. He's an incredibly optimistic person by nature, and and he was very, very good at motivating the team around him to achieve amazing successes. And so in in that situation, it really worked to have Bo be the person who got up and and communicated the vision to people. It didn't mean that Greg never did it, and it didn't mean that he couldn't do it, but it might mean that if you're trying to be really effective and there's something that you just can't bring yourself to change or you think that that change, because it's such an inherent part of you, or you think that that change is going to take some time and you don't have that much time, that might be the appropriate time to look at having somebody that works with you that can help. But I'll qualify that by saying that if you're the founder, your style sets the tone for the entire company. So the fact that you aren't able to get up in front of your team and communicate your vision, if you are able to demonstrate that you've got the ability 
to pull people around you to help compensate for areas where you're not as strong. You can use that to demonstrate your effectiveness, I think. But equally, you need to be willing to admit, like to be vulnerable and to admit that you need help with that. And and you're not, or you're not asking somebody else to st- to step up for any other reason. And that. And that might require you to be a little bit vulnerable and that's that's obviously the hard part, but that then your team then would see that as an authentic demonstration of you and your values rather than you just sort of, you know, abdicating responsibility for something. Does that mm. does that make sense? Yeah, I get your point. So it's interesting because the qualities of leadership, it seems do not need to reside with just one person. And as long as the leadership of the startup demonstrates all of them, co-founders can exist that balance each other out. And it's quite relieving to hear that. Oh, no, look, and I and I actually think that if you are being an effective leader, you're helping every single one of the people in your organisation develop their own leadership capabilities. And I think that that is, that is incredibly important when when you are a leader that that's one of the main roles that you have and that's what means that like you know like I said before people don't have to follow you but if they if they believe in your vision and if they can see how they are becoming more effective better you know whole leaders themselves I, I think that's how you can get people to want to work with you to do things which are really difficult and that must be done and that makes you inspiring. Yeah, absolutely. Always going back towards the ability to pull smart and talented people towards you. That's right. Well, thank you so much for being a guest on the Genesis of Startups today, Anna. Oh, I've absolutely, I've really enjoyed it. It's like something, leadership is something I'm really passionate about, you know, in a family context, in a sporting context, and in a business context. And if I've said anything that might help anyone, that, that makes me feel like I've achieved something today. <laughs> and and I really recommend that peer groups are the most important resource for founders who want to be more effective. So I would say to people, get yourself a squad or you know, gr- a group of other founders and use them as a learning resource talk to them to talk to people who are a step ahead and see what's around the corner you might need a different group as your company grows but you know you can really get a lot from that collective learning so that would be my my last piece of advice on on how to be an effective leader oh absolutely and where could the guests go to learn more about you just find me on linkedin or you know and reach out if, if i can help anybody always prepared to to mentor other people. I've had some great mentors in my time and they've helped me to become a much more effective leader and I'm very happy to to pay it back to anybody that, that's interested. That's amazing. Well, to our audience, I hope that you found what we talked today about effective leadership and a bit about values incredibly valuable. If you'd like to learn more about Anna, do check her out on LinkedIn. If you'd like to learn more about the genesis of startups, feel free to drop us a line on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. Until next time.